Boston Herald Radio. This audio podcast brought to you by Beacon Hill Wine and Spirits and Beacon Hill Wine and Gourmet. Go to BeaconHillWine.com. Miller still waiting for his first pitch. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts. Safe. Swinging a high deep drive in the right field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. The light goes on. Puppy goes on. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. This is a Boston Herald Radio special presentation. Stepping off the bag with Boston Herald Red Sox reporter Jason Mastrodonato. Welcome to Anaheim, and if there are any angels in the outfield here, I think the Red Sox might want to trade for one, Evan. Um, Jason Mastronato here at the Boston Herald Red Sox beat writer alongside Evan Drellick. My guest this week on the Red Sox Boston Herald Stepping Off the Bag podcast. We are in Anaheim with the Red Sox as this trade deadline is four days away as we record this on Thursday. You guys will be listening to this on Friday, possibly over the weekend. Um, the Red Sox might have a move in them left, Evan. I just want the listeners to know that your your opening commentary is not planned ahead of time with me. So our laughter here is real because I did not expect an Angels in the outfield joke. Um, well, we're what was Anaheim. your question? <laughs> we're in Anaheim. I didn't even have a question. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I mean, the... Let, let's let's put this. Let's just get this right out of the way. We, the, the podcast is on now, so we're in, yeah, we're in yeah, this. Yeah. We're in the thick of this thing. Okay. Sure, the Red Sox could get an outfielder. Sure, maybe they'll get a catcher, right. but they probably won't. If there's one need on this team, we know what you think it is. You've written about it. You've tweeted about it over and over and over again. Make your case for why they must fill this blatant need that you believe that they have. I don't know if you absolutely have to go out and get a reliever, but if there's one area you look at and say, I'm uncomfortable there, I'm not sure what's going to happen, I, you know, how's K- Craig Kimbrell's knee going to be, how's Junichi Tozawa's shoulder going to hold up, what's Joe Kelly for you, it's the bullpen, right? We don't know if Koji Uhar is coming back this year. That's, to me, the outstanding, unaddressed issue at this deadline. Okay. Right. Let me ask you this, though. All right. Why Why does this team... Well, you're in a postseason situation. You're. Let's say you're in a five-game series, then a seven-game series. You have two games, then you have an off day. Then you have two games, then you have an off day. Then maybe you have one game, then you have an off day. Maybe you have two off days. How many relievers do you need? I mean, I don't understand what... Why is... If they have... Let's say they don't even have coaching. They have Craig Kimbrell. They have Brad Ziegler. Maybe Tozawa's good maybe he's not he was barely usable in 2013 let's see, let's see gets hurt. okay so, so, we, so you've got your two guys you've you got, got two and ziggler those are two dominant guys right. those and, are two top so, so 20 now we believe enough in barnes and i'm okay with that i'm okay, I'm okay with two dominant guys yeah i i don't I, like i'm saying i don't think you have to do it if there's one area where i might be a little uncomfortable what if you see some regression from matt barnes right, right. does right. he keep it up i think we have reason to believe he can keep it up but Losing Koji is no small thing. And you lost Carson Smith. The logic Dave Dabrowski put forth when they got Ziggler was we wanted to replace Carson Smith. Well, then you lost Kimbrell, and then you lost Uehara. Kimbrell comes back. You're still... The math doesn't quite add up perfectly to what you want it to be. But, again... Right. But Barnes emerges, and maybe Joe Kelly throwing 101, even though it's straight as an arrow, actually becomes useful. So I think, if I were predicting right now, 
we're not going to see a move, and if we do, it's for a reliever. I think the days of... Everybody ties Dave Dombrowski to what he did in Detroit, rightfully, but what's the message he's been giving us the last week? This is not Detroit. This is not all in, um, throw every prospect out there. We have to consider the future. Yes. And Whereas in Detroit, with Mike Illich, the, the owner who was very aggressive, and I want a World Series title now, uh, he did, there was zero consideration for the future. Did he make this clear at any point before the start of this season that so, his attitude, Dembrowski, is this a new Yeah, no, sentiment? no, I mean, he's, since he's gotten here, he's, he's talked about the differences between Boston and Detroit. Okay. Um, but I will give Dembrowski this. This is one off-topic, off slightly under-the-radar thing about dealing Dave Dombrowski. Everybody says Dombrowski's bold. He makes all these moves. He's going to trade all of your prospects away. He traded some prospects away in Detroit. He traded a lot of prospects, top 10, top 20 prospects. Not one of them has turned into anything. Jacob Turner, okay, was like one of the best prospects. He's like still floating around with a five and a half ERA somewhere. The, the best guy he's ever traded, Cameron Maben, maybe? Maben's the one I was going to say. Maybe Maben, who's like a league average outfielder? Well, and this gets back to a discussion of do people in general today tend more toward risk minimization than uh, reward, right? Than simply going after something, the risk, efficiency, whatever. The, the, the mathematical side of it, the years of control, all that, the what somebody could be, throwing that out the window for I'm in a situation now, what can benefit me now? I think you look around the league, there aren't that many people who take the stance that Dombrowski's taken for a lot of exactly. his career. Exactly, and that might be why... It's even better. It's even. I mean, it looks good right now. It, 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 it maybe it's why it looks even better because he is so one of the few who operate. I mean, who look at the Dodgers? They won't even trade their prospects, to upgrade their starting rotation. I mean, there are some teams out there that have two hundred. I mean, what's the Dodgers pay? There are teams who just won't trade prospects or they overvalue prospects, and that's why I give Theo Epstein credit for what he's doing with the Cubs right now, which is again a little bit off topic. But to give up yeah. the prospects he did to get our Aldis Chapman, well, I think. I think. I agree with you that, in general, clubs are a little too reticent to capitalize on the situation presented to them in the moment for fear of some sort of loss down the road. Yeah, because they don't want to look bad, maybe, the general managers. But what's Scott Boris always say? Got to spend to win. <laughs> Got to spend. So many words. Well, his, his quote at, when we spoke to him last at the All-Star game I thought was great. Um, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was something along the lines of, he says, what I always tell general managers is you, you, general managers are thinking three years down the line. How do you know you're going to have a job here in three years? You know, and he's right. At the same time, though, if you really think about what he's advocating right there, he's telling a GM, hey, Sign make a car. stupid move anyway. Even if it's stupid, just to save your job, right. which is something that... He has an agenda, obviously. Yeah, and it's not... It almost but it might makes not some be, sense. It's realistic advice. At the same time, it might not be the best advice. Right. So it, right. it depends where you want to... Uh, if you're, it depends on... If you're the GM, what kind of backing do you have from your owner? How, com- how comfortable do you right. feel? But also, what, what opportunities in front of you? You know, Are you trading uh, Scott Kasner for Victor Zambrano on a team that's going nowhere? I don't, I don't think... We have an extreme example like that. Right, right. So um, before we, we touch on relievers they might be able to, to get and what you might give up to get a reliever here, um, after you've already given up Anderson Espinosa, 
because I am curious what you think of that. I do want to touch quickly on the starting rotation and the idea of Chris Sale because it's it's something that's going to be discussed, not just by us. The Red Sox are going to discuss it. We know that. We know that the Red Sox are discussing this with the White Sox. Um, I don't think that the White Sox would be inclined to move Chris Sale, but if if you were the Red Sox, if you were Dombrowski, what would you give up to get Chris Sale? I mean, how? I think this is who, the, the, which players would you give up? I'm moving Benintendi before I move Moncada. I'm probably not moving both of them in that deal. Um, the idea of trading Mookie Betts, which I know is crazy, absolutely insane. Insane. You're not doing. It. You're not trading Mookie Betts, who's having an MVP type season, not an yeah, MVP caliber, but you know, a top ten MVP guy. In a win now season, I don't think your goal or ideal way to go about this deadline is to detract from the big league team. Yeah, it does no. happen sometimes where, where, where teams will do that. But it has to be a desperate situation. Cespedes, uh, Lester, right? right. Isn't that there, you, there's but, an example. But. They were desperate for starting pitching. Well, uh, yes. And maybe wrongly so, uh, the yeah. way it worked out. But, um, so we both agree we're not touching the big league roster. It, 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 Unless it's like Blake Swihart. Yeah. Swihart's totally movable. Right. I just the sales not happening. It's it's just not happening. It's fun to think about at this point because yeah, maybe the White Sox are a little disenchanted with him. You're still not selling low on a, a guy this good. You're like the idea of being inclined to move Chris Sale. Like and we see stories come out, they're not inclined. Well, who the who in the hell is inclined to move right. one of the very best? But it's everybody listens, right? We can like set up a few things. Nobody closes the door on anything, right? You want to offer, as Dombrowski would say, four all stars for my one, sure. But I, I think at this point, sales kind of uh, that that ship has sailed, Jason. Oh, wow! I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, the thing about this ship is it might come back because the White Sox can trade Chris Sale in the off season. Sure. Uh, they could trade him next year at the trade. I mean, this this is a dysfunctional franchise. Look, as, as it was told to me recently, and I think it's no secret. When talking about Jose Fernandez. The Red Sox had their chance in the winter, right? The Marlins are now contending. It's not going to happen right now. Yeah, these things always come back, right? It's like John Dan. I sat down with John Daniels earlier this year, and he made a, what I thought was an interesting point, that aces are always available. People think you can't get pitching. No, you can. You just have to be willing to spend the price. I don't think it's happening right now. So, All right. All right, we'll move off the Chris Sale topic and back to the relievers. And my first point with the relievers um, is – I know you think they need one. I think one would be nice. I don't think they really need to go after them that I hard. I think more in your camp. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you it's are. a must. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think we're okay the way things are right now, but you are banking on some things going right for you. Right. Okay, so let's talk about possible relievers then, because who, who's on the market? We're hearing a lot about Wade Davis with the Royals. You would think that Too they're expensive. probably not going to trade him. Andrew Miller with the Yankees. Same thing. They're not trading him to the Red Sox. I just of of course not. Yeah. No, of course not. So, uh, if you're it, talking to the Brewers, Jeremy Jeffress. Yeah. The what's the lefty's name? This is bad, but both of us can't remember. There's a lefty on the Brewers, folks, and the Red Sox <laughs> might be looking at. Well, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, any, any, any Jeremy t- Jeffers, though, uh, okay, two yeah. and a half ERA, cost controlled. You're going to have to give up someone good to get him. Is it worth it? What's good? You're not going to give up Benintendi or Mikata for really. Were you okay with Espinosa? I was price? very okay with that. Yeah, and I was too. Yeah. I don't think. It, it's different for a starting pitcher, though. Correct. 
you're going further down the depth chart in your minor league system, right? How about Devers? For a reliever for with... a cost-controlled reliever, a two-and-a-half ERA in the National League. Guy, like Jeremy Jeffers. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'd be okay with that, too. Because you look at next season, Koji's a free agent. Taz is a free agent. Yeah. You're not bringing if back Taz. If you're contributing to your team in the long run, I think it's always... That's, that's the big difference. Right. Rentals are just... And the, you right. know, credit to Theo, but that's a very unique situation. A very unique situation. They're trying to win the first World Series in 3,000 years in Chicago. Right. Um, so they could go after a middling reliever and not give up much. Yeah. Right? And like a Joe Smith from the Angels. I mean, d- it, it, sure. Right. I, I think at this point, any move that they make is not going to be particularly inspiring. The heavy lifting. Dave Dabrowski doesn't really mask his situation too well. He doesn't. He's not. The, he doesn't put everything out there for you. But when he says the heavy lifting is done, I think that's probably he probably believes it. Outside of something very strange coming down the pike, so I don't think in the last couple of days here we're going to be very inspired unless something unusual happens where a team decides at the last minute, okay, uh, let's do it. Maybe, you know, if if the Yankees decided that you could trade Andrew Miller to your biggest rival and right at a, at a reasonable price. Okay, so uh, bottom line is we got four days. Neither of us think that the Red Sox are going to do anything drastic. Maybe they add a decent reliever. Probably not. They'll be watching the prices. The one question mark people might wonder, how about Jonathan Lucroy, the catcher from the Milwaukee Brewers, all-star, 300 hitter, good defensive catcher, cost nothing this year, $5 million next year. So the question the Red Sox have to ask themselves, do we give up a prospect to get this guy, or do we have faith in our catchers? What's your understanding on that? I think Christian Vasquez has enough value still that to give up a top asset for Luke Roy, particularly with the team's offense being basically the best in the majors, and we'll see where it ends up, but that's what it has been. I just don't see it as that big a need. Let's say Sandy Leon cools off. Naturally, he will. He has to. I'm okay with Christian Vasquez starting some postseason games. We had David Ross catching in 2013. What the heck was he doing with this bat? Nothing, right? You're, I, the guy can handle a snap, and from what I've seen of Blake Swihart behind the plate, which is very little, I don't know if he's really in that catcher of the future discussion. Maybe they can get him to where he needs to be defensively. He's an asset some way or another. I don't know if catcher's his future. But Vasquez, teams want him outside of the Red Sox, and I, I think the Red Sox have reason to still see what's there. And yeah. I wouldn't go giving up. I don't know about you. I wouldn't spend too much. There are teams that need Lucroy more that are going to want to spend yeah. more. I'm absolutely with you. I don't think it's worth it. I, and I... I think there's a lot of Red Sox fans who who are saying, well, what's this Christian Vasquez guy? He's overrated. He came up. He did nothing. The pitching staff still sucked uh, while he was here. He didn't hit. But you have to remember that this guy missed an entire year with Tommy John surgery, and this is so difficult for hitters to come back from because they haven't had any at-bats. Yeah, it's not the health, right? Everybody who's worried about, oh, is his arm ready, all that. That's not the issue. It's you missed a year and you threw him right into the fire because you needed him. Right. And he, it, it did appear at the time that he was something of a help to the pitching staff. I think that was probably a little overhyped that early no, in the season. No, I don't think it was overhyped because you had a you had a guy in Blake Swihart who had very minimal catching experience catching a, a staff that needed help. And I know there are people on the Red Sox who believe that that was... Will Smith. 
Will Smith. Will Smith. That was the lefty? Yes. Okay. Also an actor. Right. We're talking about the lefty from the Brewers. Okay. But I know there are people in the Red Sox who believed that Blake Swihart was... He wasn't going to lead that pitching staff to a World Series. Um, No. Maybe nobody will. Maybe... I don't know if there's a catcher on the planet. I guess you could say, well, the pitching staff wasn't pitching well. But they needed some... Vasquez is a terrific pitch framer. Understands the game. Calls the game really well. Um, I think Ryan Hannigan is is too, and I think Sandy Leone is too. Um, and when you're scoring five and a half runs a game, I am absolutely with you, Evan. I don't think they need to go upgrade a catcher. I think they're okay with their situation. I wanted to talk about the trade deadline for 15 minutes. We accomplished that. I have one last question to ask you before we get off this. Some that I've been thinking about. Um, because if the playoffs ended today, uh-huh. what's your starting regular season? Sorry, if the playoffs started today. The regular season ended today. The playoffs started today. Uh-huh. Your rotation is fresh. You get to pick what's going on. You're in a five-game... Let's say they win the division, so you're in a five-game series. Right. It's the ALDS. And you have ALDS. To my ALDS. Set your rotation. If it, as of now. I'm not getting cute with it. I, I'm, from what we've seen, even so far, of David Price, it's Price 1. Uh, depends on the forecast, I think, for games 2, 3, and 4. Let's if say clean, got, clean forecast. Probably Steven Wright in game two. Porcello three, Pomerantz four. You wouldn't bring Price back for game four? It would be, would that be, would that be on three days rest? Uh, yeah, I think you'd want to hold him. I think five is what you'd, you'd want hold to him hold. for game five. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to look at the, yes, I believe that's okay. what you would do. Okay, I'm going Steven Wright game one. If, if the Red Sox are home, I'm going Rick Porcello game two. And David Price takes Game Three because Porcello's been so good at I home. Think this is an overthinking game. No, it's not. It's a basic playoffs ended or the playoffs start today. What has Price done for us lately? The last two starts, he's gone five and two thirds and allowed eleven hits in each start. He's getting knocked around the ballpark, and you got a guy in Stephen Wright. Unless it's ninety degrees, has been absolutely dominant. Right. Well. I can't argue the last two starts, but it, but if you're asking me to overall this season, he's got a four and a half. I'm still taking David Price in Game One of that wow. series. Wow, I'm not saying he's been what he should be. You're still taking him. That's he's interesting. Still a strikeout machine. Yeah, he still has the highest ceiling of any pitcher you have. He has the ceiling, ability, right? But ceiling doesn't matter for one game. You need a guy who's he's pitching also, good right now. He's had many dominant games this year. He's also he had has. games that have been terrible. Yeah. Um, the majority of those terrible games were early in the season. You've had a couple high-hit tally games lately, but I'm talking about those six-run games. Those were clustered, right? You've had a couple... Aside scattered. from the game in Texas, which was yeah, fairly that, that was brutal. Um, but once you got away from mid-May, but he rattled off... You know, 12 starts in a row with a low 3 ERA. Right. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be a David Price but, apologist because he, he, he needs to be better. But I'm, he's still David but Price. But I think, don't you think there's something to be said for reliability and consistency? You're talking about ceiling, but you got a team with an offense that's scoring five and a half runs a game. You got David Ortiz, arguably one of the best postseason performers in history. You know you're going to score runs in these games. I want the most consistent starting pitcher on the mound. The guy who's going to give you... Consi- you can rely on him. And that's why I go Stephen Wright, Rick Porcell. You, you, you think you can rely on David Price right now? I'm taking my chances with 
the pitcher who is ultimately the best pitcher on my staff. Okay. All right. And and I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree with you. I I bet you I'm I'm in the minority. I I would assume I'm in the minority here. What have you done for me lately, right? What have you done for me? As we speak right now, David Price is shutting out the, the Angels. It's only three innings. But people listening to this on Friday might say, what are you talking about, Jason? David Price just threw a shutout. Right. Okay. You'll have to wear it. I'll have to wear it. I'll accept it. Thank you for joining the podcast, Evan Drellick. Special guest, Evan Drellick. Always a very special guest. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll keep you guys covered all weekend through the trade deadline. Remember, it's August 1st this year. It's 4 p.m. on Monday. They extended it one day so that teams didn't have to play through the craziness since it fell on a Sunday, and there's a lot of day games on the Sunday. So it's 4 p.m. on Monday. We'll have you covered on bostonherald.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for reading the newspaper, which we hope you do, uh, and have a wonderful weekend. This audio podcast brought to you by Beacon Hill Wine and Spirits and Beacon Hill Wine and Gourmet. Go to beaconhillwine.com.